0: Subtle skills big results welcome to the ninja selling podcast welcome back to the ninja selling podcast Matt and Garrett I'm gonna spend some time with you today we're excited to be in your vehicle your home your ears spending uh, a, yeah headphones Matt come on that just Matt just gave me the weirdest it look. just sounds
1: <laughs> it just sounds weird a little bit but all right it's 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 the reality it's the facts
0: well Good morning, everybody. We are going to, uh, we have a great topic for you today. If you want to check out, again, what this is all about, the Ninja Selling Podcast. If you want to learn more about Ninja Selling, go to ninjaselling.com. If you want to learn more about the coaching program and what Matt and I do on a day to day basis, go check out Ninja Coaching. And if you want to go check out this amazing group of like-minded individuals that listen to the podcast also, go to the Ninja Selling Podcast community in Facebook, and uh, you will find an amazing group of people in there that uh, you can share ideas with, grow with, talk about podcast episodes. So uh,
1: with that being said, Matt, good morning, sir. Good morning to you my good friend. And good morning to everybody listening. It's a pleasure to be in your ears today. <laughs> All right. Oh, gosh. That's 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 funky. Well, so, Garrett, again, we're... That's, fo- by the
0: way, that's coming from an, an auditory person. It's like... I,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. Well, Garrett, we're kind of going on this theme a little bit here of topics that have been suggested by the community on Facebook. And today, we're kind of pulling a couple here together, which has to do with these seller conversations that happen during the listing consultation. One being, how do we kind of help get the house parade ready and go through that discussion? And also, how do we help them speak up about the price versus continually coming back and saying, well, just tell me what the price is. And these are great questions because this comes up a lot when it comes to listing consultations. This isn't a rare thing. This is very, very common. So I'm happy to dive into this with you today, Garrett. Yeah,
0: no, I'm excited to go down this path also. And Matt, while we're doing this, I, uh, of course, did not prepare beforehand. I do want to give a shout out to the people that gave these. Maybe you can find them faster than I can as we start talking here because you're so fast with the computer,
1: man. I will dive into it now. Why don't we start with um kind of I, I think the typically that discussion about what is this house going to be presented like comes first in the consultation, right? I mean, Larry talks about this. All the all of our guides talk about this in the installation. If you go to an installation, they'll talk about the part of the process where you're touring the house and you're saying, Oh, are we going to price it with this or with this? And that's when it kind of starts, right? <laughs> the conversation around I love it the co- the comment that was made for when I threw out there about
0: topics was basically saying like how do you, how do you tell them how the house needs to be without hurting their feelings so, and really, what she was asking is, how do you get a parade ready like how are we going to make sure this home is going to be front of the store, beautiful setup, you know ready for the parade to come through without hurting their feelings and believe me i When I used to sell homes, I had my way of doing this because people can get defensive very quickly. They're proud of this house they have. They're proud of how it's set up. They have built this home and designed it and decorated it themselves so that when people walk in the front door, they are feeling welcome and enjoying this environment. It doesn't necessarily mean that that appeals to everybody, and you got to walk that fine line of being able to help guide them to what's going to help that home be appealing to the majority of people. At the same time, not say like, really, peach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sponge peach paint on your walls was the, the, the your decision for this one. And it's tough. It is. It is. I have my ways of doing it, Matt, and I know when. uh I'm curious to see kind of where you go and what you've experienced around this also, because it's not easy. And I love the person that made the comment said, I'm a German and I'm very straightforward and I just say it as it is. And I can hurt people's feelings. And I laugh because that's me. <laughs> I don't hold back. I from the same uh, heritage and I can be very straightforward and very direct and sometimes hurt people's feelings.
1: Yeah. So, This was uh, Janine Knutson had posted this. And Janine's incredible, by the way. She's been in our coaching program. She's in Clarksville, Tennessee. Great, great agent, wonderful person. But yes, sometimes (laughs) she obviously admits it is, I tend to say it how it is. And you know what? Sometimes that's okay. I think to begin with this, you have to kind of, one, accept your personality for what it is. But then two, make sure that we at least acknowledge what personality type the client is, because a power person is going to be like, all right, tell me how it is. Like, yeah, stop beating around the bush. Just tell me what I got to do. So I got to move the orange sponge paint. All right, done. What's next? (laughs) Like, as long as they also connect that with an understanding of what that's going to mean in terms of showings and value and all of that other stuff, right, which that'll get to the, the kind of the pricing side of this. So thank you, Janine, for asking this. And I, I also say, so that one, there's just being upfront, assertive, hey, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to go through the house. And my goal is to help this house shine to a variety of buyers so we can capture an entire marketplace. Yep, And that means that some of the things that you've selected for the house, we may have to talk about. And that also means that somebody who comes into the house may change what seems like it appeals to everybody. I mean, we all do that. You buy a house, you move in, you're going to change some things, right? When we sold our house, the first thing they did was paint our accent wall and the office. And Jen's like, they're painting. I was like, yeah, they're going to paint it. She's like, (laughs) why would they do that?
0: It's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect the way it is.
1: Don't mess with it. Right. And so you know having the the conversation before going through the house with the seller that hey we're we're going to have this talk it's going to happen i feel like that's the first step in trying to help mitigate the hurt feelings that might come about from talking about the shag carpets <laughs> i could see jen going like i knew they had bad taste like <laughs> i can 't believe they
0: would take perfection and mess it up like that, because anybody who 's ever met Jen when it comes to interior design and how a room and space is laid out, and the the furniture that 's in it. I've never met anybody that's like, okay, the pencils need to be arranged like this and they need to be color coded to the wall accent,
1: which is behind us over here. Like I could totally see Jen go. Yeah. She has gold pencils in her office because she has gold accents and like, well, the only pencils that we can have in here are gold ones. It's amazing. (laughs) It looks awesome, by the way. It does. It's incredible. A lot of people ask, like, did you have your house staged? And I was like, well, um, I guess. (laughs) Accidentally. Yeah, it happened. (laughs) So go so going through this, like, and I
0: think that Matt, you brought up a really good point, which is what is their personality type? So like if you can figure out what their personality type is up front, and you can learn this through the seller's consultation through when you're doing the pre-listing interview with somebody, you need to start listening quickly to go, okay, is this a power person? Is this a party person? Are they peace? Are they perfection? Because there right up front you can say okay i need to put these these suggestions into the modality that they're going to respond best with and link it in with things like to get the best results that we're going to want we're going to need to make some changes and it's not there's nothing to do with you it's how we're talking to the market right now the other thing that you mentioned, Matt, which is really important, is setting an expectation upfront of what's going to happen. And that, look, I haven't even seen your house yet. I haven't gone through it yet. As we go through it, as I do that walkthrough, there are going to be things that I'm going to suggest. And remember, I'm looking at it from the market and the majority of buyers that we see and we work with every day, and what they buy and how they buy, and we're going to present your home the best way that we we can in this marketplace. The expectations, so that when you're walking through and you go, do you have any problem changing this paint color? Like I have a couple options I'd like to throw, like give you throw your direction. If you set the expectation and you go through and do that. It's way more welcoming than if no expectation and walking through and going, do you mind if we change this paint color? And they're going like, well, why? What's wrong with the paint color? That's my favorite paint.
1: Wait, what? Do you know what I went through to get that paint? Um, And the upfront part, the pre-listing interview, you ask the question, is there anything you'd do to the house if you were to stay here for another five years? Hopefully there are some things that they say that will help you have that conversation. If they say nothing, then that is a sign that, okay, this person's probably protective over some of the things in their house. Like, oh, we wouldn't do a thing. Our house is perfect the way it is. It's like, okay. We have to be ready for a what might be a tough conversation. And that's okay. Like there might be some feelings that get hurt. Hopefully you're gonna walk in and be like, and they're right. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll just walk in and be like, it is perfect. Awesome. Like this isn't on architectural digest yet. How is this possible? The other thing to do is yield to a stager, right? Is say, hey, you know what? I have a team that's part of my process. I would like to bring in my stager to give her consultation and let the stager do kind of the heavy work there because now you're bringing in... Because I think part of the tension that sometimes exists when realtors come in is homeowners have ownership bias. We all do. And then they hire a realtor to do a sales process, Now, I think realtors have a lot of skills in all of the things, particularly if you've done this for long enough. But the client doesn't necessarily see the realtor as a stager or designer. So bring in a stager who is a professional stager. The client will see that person for the profession that they are. And hopefully that will help because then they'll go through the house, they'll make a bunch of notes and they'll create a whole proposal on paper that then can be discussed so that it makes it a little bit easier. Paint colors will be probably suggested and all the things. And so I've used that before myself Is brought in my stager and had her have the conversation with the sellers and was like, I agree. (laughs) And that was all I had to say. And then boom, things were done. That's how I handled it when
0: I was selling. Now, again, i I charged an extra fee on top of what my my normal package was. Is I had a extra fee on top of it that I said, look for this extra 1%, these are these other things that I'm going to do and I'm going to take care of. One of them is I'm going to have a professional stager come through and do a consultation with you and go through your house. They're not going to make any changes. They're not going to do anything, but they're going to give us a list of suggestions that we need to talk about because they're looking at it through the market's eyes and how the market's going to perceive this property. And we need to also take you out of it. Like, There's a lot of this house that represents you, and we don't need somebody to feel like they're walking into your house. They need to feel like they're walking into a home that they could live in. And so we used to take that energy out of it. And sometimes it went well, sometimes it didn't. But here was my my favorite experience that I had we had the stager come through. I knew this seller was not going to be easy. And she had all kinds of knickknacks and hummels and all kinds of things all around the house. Anybody knows what a hummel is. She had an amazing collection of hummels not needed while you're selling your house. And so the stagers going through, I remember I was kind of in the room in the vicinity while watching this and stager makes a recommendation, makes a recommendation, makes a recommendation. You can watch this cellar start to like transform into like you could feel the devil starting to come out of her like her (laughs) her demeanor was changing her face was changing changing color and I'm like oh no 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 like this is this could go really bad really fast and so all of a sudden the stager goes over to the wall and there's this like it's like bunched together uh wheat like it's been pulled together and tied so it makes this like big like fan thing on the wall of grass and uh, the stager says, oh, is this something that you feel like you would want to keep up for the sale, or Should we take, maybe we could take this down. And the seller walks over and goes, this, this is what you don't like. And she like uppercuts it, like hits it underneath it. And it hits the ceiling and blows apart into like all these pieces and like crumbles <laughs> to the floor. And I'm like, I'm going out front. Like I'm leaving this situation. Like I'm going to let you guys figure this out later. That, like, Come down back through at the end of it. And uh my again, my cellar's just like you can see her heart pumping in her neck. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> like, I hope this is gonna be, end okay. Came back the next day. She had painted the hallways, she had painted the front room, she had done every single thing the stager had recommended. And she looked at me and she goes, I wasn't happy with her when she was coming through. She's, but looking at my house right now, she goes, She was right. I'm like Oh but it was if it was me the actual realtor giving that type of advice sometimes it could have blown the relationship up because she wouldn't have been able to leave that energy with somebody else like she did she would have held on to it with me and the energy that we had so i'm a big believer in hire a professional to come in and to kind of take that energy away from you and their relationship yeah wow it was brilliant by the way that thing you've I, it literally looked like a firework
1: hitting the ceiling and just like blowing apart. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, by the way. That's the thing is analyze the personality types, know what situation you're going into, set expectations of the conversation. And sometimes it's going to be a tough conversation. And if possible, our the best suggestion here is to yield to another party. Now, all of this also has to be done for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not doing this to sell the property at the same price as we could if we didn't do any of these things and have the same number of showings, attraction, and all that stuff. So this leads into kind of the... I mean, it's not the the same question, but I think it makes sense here. So um, I hope I pronounce her name correctly here. Uh, Valesa Linian with Keller Williams in Anchorage, Alaska. Perfect, Matt had made the uh, comment of like, how do you help your seller decide on price without telling them? I use the charts and graphs and the focus first and they still want me to recommend the price. So building this transition, we're having this conversation about how we're setting up the house and hopefully it does create value. And then the first thing is to use all of the tools at your disposal and show, hey, here's the comparable properties. Here's where we fall. Using a scattergram like the one you can get from focus first is a great tool. Um, it's what I use the price of my house. And you can start to see with some clarity of like, all right, based on the condition, because here we have five points of value that buyers pay attention to, right? Price, condition of the home, which we've now handled, hopefully, the size, the location, and the features and amenities. So we can't really change the other three necessarily. I mean, unless you got a direct line to God who can help you change that location, you're probably pretty secure on your location. <laughs> That's a great line without a lot of money and time, can you alter size and features and amenities? And so we're left with price is our, our remaining tool of like, okay, how do we position this thing with a price that attracts in the right buyers? So we got to use the tools first. And then Garrett, I, I've run into this before myself where you show the seller everything and it's like, great. Hey, based on all this information, where do you think we would like we should be? And they're like, well, that's what I'm hiring you for. Yeah. Tell me. I think one of the, Well, it's a it's a
0: question that comes out of the installation. So anybody who's been through the installation has the bigger picture of this. But the question of do you think your home is going to sell for a fixed price, or do you think, depending on what we do with this home, it could sell for a range? It could sell in a range here. And usually, what people will very quickly understand is that there isn't really a fixed price of what this home is, depending on what we do, depending on how we position this home in the marketplace there is a range that this thing could sell for. And helping them start to understand that where really what we're trying to figure out is not a price. We're trying to figure out a range that we want to play in to see what we can find with what we're willing to do, fixes that we're willing to make to the house, having it staged. You know, There's all kinds of the factors that go into this. One of my things I used to sit down when I was listing a home is I would I would very much start off with it was like, can we both agree that we're educated people? And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, excellent. So here's what I've done. (laughs) Pricing your home is not rocket science, but we need to understand the variables that we're working with. So I've brought all the information that we need to figure out the approximate area that your home is probably going to sell for. We need to figure out what we want to put it on the market for. And I've brought enough information here so that you can decide what the proper price is. Because at the end of the day, I'm not a buyer for your house. Your house does not work for me. I'm not looking for this home right now. I have a home. I'm happy. Now, if I was a buyer for your home, I could give you a price for your house because that's a price that I'm willing to buy it for. I'm not though. All we have is the data we can look at. Let's sit down and look at all these numbers and let's go through it. And you take off the table that I'm the one that's going to be saying your home is worth this or this is the price for your property, which if you can remove that out of the equation, now when we go on the market and we realize in this range, we're not getting the results that we want, we can come back and sit down and say, let's look at the data again. Let's see if there's new information that we haven't looked at that maybe wasn't there when we put your home on the market and maybe how the dynamics have changed. And go through it again. Focus first is brilliant to present all that stuff, but the challenge is the minute you put a number on the property, you have now made a decision about that property. You've stepped into the decision-making
1: realm, and that's where things can get weird. So that was always my approach. I like that approach, and I think it is it is challenging because people watch TV and all the real estate shows. The agents come in there and be like, "This is where we got to list it at," right and I've been there, I've done it both ways before I knew Ninja it was here's here's the value, here's the range, where do you want to be? And then I, I eventually switched to no, I'm just going to give a specific price. This is the list price that we should that I recommend. And then I discovered Ninja and it was like, "All right, let's have a conversation and I removed all the pricing from the material that I was that I was going with." But I still do understand there are these situations where the seller just wants you to say something. And so this is where I go to, well, all right, let's present a question. Let's present a scenario. And it says, okay, well, Garrett, would you agree based on all this information that we're probably gonna fall somewhere on this line, right? And if you're looking at a scattergram, you can use the square footage, you can use the trend line and you can say, hey, would you you agree that we'd probably somewhere be in this range? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Great. If I presented you a contract today for X amount, what would you do with that contract? Brilliant. And now they're like, well, like that's it because we're not saying this is what we should list the house at. We're just saying if this contract was on the table, what would you do? Would you sign it? Would you counter? What would be the scenario? Because I think what, if you start having that conversation after a list price is presented, the thoughts of negotiation are different, right? If it's like, hey, Garrett, my suggested list price for your house is 500000 If we had a contract for four fifty, what would you do? You'd probably say, well, we can we negotiate? Can we counter? Whereas if I never mention a list price and say, Garrett, if we had a contract on the table right now for $450,000, what would you do? You'd probably go, hmm. If in your head, you're like, man, I really wanted $500,000, you'd probably say, I'd probably counter with five hundred dollars or something like that. And you'd be like, okay, well, so is that where you'd want to start with a list price then? Yep. And now all of a sudden you have a list price.
0: And it's different, Matt, everything you just said is spot on. And I think the other part of this is, is how do you ask the question, what do you think your home is worth? And what do you think, where do you want to list your property? Right. It's two totally different things. And when you ask, what do you think your home is worth? That's where they're going to sit back and say, well, you're the one who understands the, what our home is worth out here right now. You've got the facts. You're the one right. that does this every day. And what do you want to list your property for is a very different question. And, well, we want to list our home for 500000 Okay, at five hundred thousand, I know you said you wanted to be in Delaware in thirty days. Do you think that price will get you to Delaware in thirty days, based off the information we've looked at? And then you, again, then you get to have a deeper conversation with them. But these are these are all tactics and little ways to get yourself out of the place of saying, "I think your home is worth," or "I
1: think we should put it on the market for this price." Yeah, and and use your data and numbers to your aid. If they're still doing avoidant techniques, I mean. I would say at some point you probably just got to say something, and then it's your decision on whether or not you want to move forward with that person. Because if they're if they're unwilling to make a decision, then you have an indecisive seller. And what's going to happen when a contract is presented in front of them? Are they going to be like, "Should we take it"? There's only one way. If
0: you get to a point where you're in a corner and we're just like at an impasse, we're not moving forward because they are just stuck on what you need to do is go into pretend a pretend state, a made up. Fairy tale land. And you basically say, okay, I am not a buyer. But if I was, let's let's think for a second here. If I was a buyer and I was in the marketplace and I was looking at your house and I was going to write an offer on it or purchase it, I might write an offer for this amount on this property based on what I've kind of seen and what I think that the property is worth from all the data that I've looked at. But again, this is hypothetical because I'm not a buyer. Yeah. You can at least put a number out that they're like, oh, okay, so it's that number, and they can get maybe go like, well, I think that's low. I didn't say that that's what your property is technically worth out here right now. I'm just trying to like help get some direction here of like a range that we should probably be looking at, and all that would probably be supported directly in the numbers of what you have there. I would not go there first. That is like a major.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'd- down the road. That's like for the end. I mean here's the challenge I think this is where a lot of times we end up in these situations is getting comfortable with the back and forth questions and answering a seller's question with another question because it does matter who says it. You do want the sellers on board and comfortable with the price of the home because they need to be excited about where they're going and and I think there's you know This used to be a conversation that I would have with people about like, all right, you're going to go negotiate with the seller and then you're going to be on the same team and go negotiate against the buyer. It's like, you shouldn't be negotiating with the seller on the price of their own home. It's their home. Let them do whatever they want with it. Your goal is to help guide them to make a decision that will help them achieve their goal. If they don't want to make that decision, there's two things going on. One, we're not asking enough questions to help them find clarity or two, they don't want to go down that path or they're not ready. And that's okay. That's, That's nothing on you, right? You know, If they want to list it at 800 and you're like, man, 500 is the number, you got a decision. Do you want to take it at 800 or do you want to say, hey, you know what? Remember the one of three things that would happen here today? I think it's my job to just tell you that I don't think I can help you achieve your goal at that price. And you might be better off working with a different agent. And you move on. And Matt, to wrap this up
0: real quick, I think that one of the things I would encourage everybody is make sure you're staying on the same side of the table with them. This is you and the information that we have and them working against the market is what you're doing to figure out how we're going to put this home on the market. The minute it turns into you on the opposite side of the table from them, so it's you against them, against the market, now you have a problem. And all of you can think back to negotiations you've been in, listing presentations you've been in, where the dynamics of that meeting has changed from a you and them against the market to a you against them against the market. And the minute that dynamic goes that way... Good luck.
1: Bad news. Yeah. Well, so thank you, Janine and Valesa for throwing these ideas out there. If you guys have further questions on this stuff, you can reach out to us and ask those questions. If you want to learn more about Ninja Selling or Ninja Coaching, head over to ninjaselling.com. And if you're not in our Facebook group, head over to Facebook and search for The Ninja Selling Podcast. We appreciate everybody for joining us. As always, you guys are amazing. Garrett, thank you, my friend, for another great episode together. 430-something we're at right now. So, I'm just getting started. Beautiful day. Just getting started. Absolutely. So, hey, have a great day,
0: everybody. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at TheNinjaSellingPodcast.com.
1: There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.